Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Okay, it's my pleasure to welcome back to the show returning guests, Matt and Adam Scalina. Matt and Adam are real estate agents in Vancouver and they're hosts of the very popular Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. Guys, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having us, Andrew. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. Appreciate it. Yeah, great to connect with you guys again. Um, and looking back, it looks like we last spoke in February. And I think at that time, the Vancouver market was perhaps at its lowest point, at least in the headlines. Uh, <laughs> it was down for the count and everyone was sure that it was dead. But uh, now a few months later, it's obviously a very different story. So wanted to get a market update on what's happening in Vancouver and a lot of the headlines and stuff that we see here in Toronto about real estate in Canada. Uh, it's always Vancouver, Toronto, Vancouver, Toronto. So our, our cities seem to be uh, married at the hip, at least uh, in, the, in the real estate media writer perspective. So it's always good to, good to hear what's happening on the street, so to speak, of what's actually happening in the market and, and find out what's, what's real and what isn't. So, um, yeah, let's all open it up to you guys and just sort of say what's new, like what's new in the market today versus February. Um, what's hot and what's not. Yeah. Well, there's been, uh, been definitely some changes since February. Um, yeah, it's funny to think of the media. I think I was saying to Adam earlier in the last week or week and a half, uh, the media headlines, at least nationally, have been dominated by negative news, and, and that's definitely not our market here. I think we spoke to you just before the market kind of took off, um, and this spring has been has been exceedingly busy, uh, very similar to the spring of 2016, actually. I mean, maybe urgency was slightly down, but, it, you know, multiple offers on everything, uh, prices increasing quite rapidly, especially in the condo uh, sector. Yeah, it's, it's funny, Andrew. Last time we talked to you, Matt and I thought we were going to get a breather there. Um, I remember I had plans to get back in shape, and we were going to have a lot of time. That didn't happen. happen. That didn't happen. Yeah, we thought we were going to have a lot of time in the market here, and then everything just went uh, like crazy. Again. Yeah. You started planting that vegetable garden. You're thinking about buying that hobby farm. You took up woodworking, and then boom. <laughs> Exactly. the market so yeah the so so the market is doing much better in vancouver uh, today in july 2017 than it was in february 2017 it's safe to say uh based on your comments there what in particular like what are the hot segments of the market either property types or areas and what areas are not doing as well well it's interesting and we we just kind of talked a little bit about toronto before we before we started recording and, you know, it, it's interesting that condos and townhomes really kind of powered through the slow, the slower period. Um, we, we saw the detached market get hit first. And, um, you know, even though things did pick up, there was a spike of activity in detached, um, specifically on the east side in our spring market. You know, sales ratios haven't really changed too much. They've been kind of hovering around a balanced market for East Vancouver and the west side. So you're looking somewhere between about uh, 16%, 21% in around there. Um, so really balanced for buyers and sellers. Um, but, you know, our downtown area and 
kind of the immediate surrounding areas for condos and for uh, uh, for townhomes has been exceptionally busy, and it's been busy almost the entire time. We're looking at sales ratios of close to 70 to 100% or so. Yeah, and, and just to add to that, even out, you know, developers are building along SkyTrain lines here, and um, the prices in, in locations that, you know, a year, two years ago, nobody would have wanted to, to buy a condo, you know, are, are close to, uh, you know, eight fifty nine hundred a foot uh, for new construction. And, you know, people are, you know, slitting each other's throats to get those units. So 45 minutes outside of the city. Yeah. The sky it, train, it, right? so, so nobody really saw saw that coming. But the condo market along the sky trains and, and in the city center are, yeah, it's a very, very hot market. That's interesting, actually. I was speaking to um, one of my clients, uh, uh, who lives in Vancouver, who, who recently invested in a condo here in Toronto, they had a similar uh, story about just how prices in the SkyTrain, uh, suburban SkyTrain pockets um, uh, have just skyrocketed and how he just, he saw the pattern over and over again is what he was saying of, you know, areas that were once considered too far away suddenly become extremely popular and prices rising rapidly and he interesting enough he 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 bought one of those properties here in toronto um uh on a you know in a well in vaughan basically in vaughan which is a suburban area which is getting in the new subway connection because he basically could see the exact same he thinks the exact same thing is going to happen in toronto which uh which is something we you know, we haven't had a lot of new transit in Toronto in decades, so it's not something we're sort of a pattern that we're used to seeing. But um, that's interesting that you also comment on that too. Well, it, yeah, in Vancouver, I think people are hypersensitive to transportation lines, mostly because we don't have a lot of places to go, right? We're, we've got limited land space here. So what's interesting is a lot of people just look at the um, at the uh, 20, 20 plus year forecast for transportation lines and they do their investing that way, monitoring what the city is doing and then also what the province is doing. Right. Yeah, and, and just, just to add to that, I mean, the prices in downtown Vancouver, uh, and I think a lot of investors are looking outside the city because the numbers make sense. I mean, uh, if a building's, you know, just to give you an example, if a building from 2003 downtown in Yale Town has a, a one-bedroom at 620 square feet, like we're looking at, 700k 730k now um you know downtown the the prices are so exceptionally high um that you know people are are expanding out and uh, the rents are still good out there so it makes a lot of sense so just to give us some context like what is an average if you want to if i come to you and i say i want to buy a, a condo downtown vancouver in a good area in a good building what am i approximately paying per square foot about a thousand a foot. Mm, yeah, between a thousand and twelve hundred, I'd say. Yeah, and a, a thousand would be kind of a, a, you could get some good. You could get a good product for about a yeah thousand eleven hundred a foot for one day. Yeah, but prices right. have come up, come up considerably over the last year. Okay. Yeah. So you're about twenty. very long. Yeah, it wasn't very long ago when we hit the thousand dollars square foot mark, right? I mean, that feels like it was. Well, not with where it was so blanketed. I mean, that's that's kind of the idea. I remember when the first developer started charging a thousand dollars a foot, and everyone thought it was 
crazy. And now you look back at those days, and it, it, what it did was just elevate all the areas. Everybody wanted a thousand foot. One well, for pre-construction, there's a new development right now, Mirabel, and it's about seventeen hundred a foot. And uh, you know, people are like that, not bad value. Or there's the uh, Kango Kuma project, which on average was two thousand a foot, right? Wow, seventeen hundred, two thousand. Yeah, those are numbers we haven't seen here yet, but uh, we're tra- we're yeah, we're we're Toronto's on sale. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We're tracking behind you guys about uh, twenty twenty five percent. It sounds like. Um, and so we get headlines and stuff. We get snippets here in Toronto, but what's happening in Vancouver? Uh, what are we missing? Like, where are the headlines wrong? Like, what's what's the story that's not being told about what's happening in Vancouver right now that we here in Toronto should know? Well, it's, it's interesting because the media, in our opinion, is always about three to six months behind the story, right? So, I mean, it seemed like it was about two, three months ago that uh, there was a lot going on in terms of media stories saying, look, at the Vancouver market is hot. And, and that was about three months after we were telling people, you know, yeah. the market's really picked up. And now we're starting, you know, we've been, we've been feeling the last little while where there is a slight shift. And I don't know if this is seasonal, but... Um, it, it seems to be, I mean, we're, we're now in, in deep in July and, uh, in August, always, you know, people are focused on getting their holidays in before the kids go back to school and that sort of thing. So there will be, there will be a slowdown, um, in the, in the, I believe in the, in the coming weeks. And we're already starting to kind of feel that we've noticed a lot of properties that would get multiple offers are not getting, uh, you know, as many offers or potentially, no offers at all, um, and then certain price bands are are shifting as well. So that's one of the stories. And then the other story is, uh, if you're not following Vancouver politics, there's our our city right now. The affordability question and and the political divide and and uh, you know um, new regulations coming in to to, to try. We, we've just obviously had a, a, a government change in BC. We've got the NDP now. Um, so really, it's, it's a story of um, summer slowdown and also uh, political maneuvering and, uh, and new policy coming in that's, that's going to be curbing the market. And the other story I think that the national headlines could miss is just how different market segments are performing. And right. I kind of spoke to that a little bit, but I mean, just to give you an idea here, East Vancouver a year ago was our hottest market, I'd say, or a year and a half ago, like before the foreign buyers tax. Um, it was setting the pace. If uh, you look at the stats right now from June 2016 to, to June 2017, that market's basically been flat. It's one and a half percent increase in the last in the last year. Uh, downtown condos are up 15.2 percent in the last year. So since the foreign buyers tax, we've seen the condo market just take off. Uh, detached homes have is basically a flat market and within the condo market and we spoke about this very recently on on our show there's a big distinction as well studios and one beds have uh the prices are you know the catching two beds now like it's two beds seem very cheap when you look at the the price difference differentiation between two beds and one bed sure and and just to to echo that matt and i are are constantly looking at the different gaps in the market, you know, because some there, there, seems, there needs to be a logic between the difference in the price point of actually owning land in the city versus owning a condo. And that gap has really, really shrunk down. And then like Matt was saying, I mean, the difference between one beds and two beds doesn't make sense anymore. 
as well. So there's, it's, it's a strange time in terms of the price bands and the type of product that you get for sure. Yeah. Interesting. So a lot of pressure I'm, I'm hearing you say basically a lot of pressure at the bottom end of the market, affordability, people looking to get into the market, buying the smallest, cheapest units, really driving those prices up over the last year. And as you work your way up the market to the top, uh, less and less upward pressure on those, you know, the pricier properties. Well, that's just it. And I mean, it, it, the numbers really show that as well. So when you look at the sales ratios and you break it down on price band, if you're looking, it, it's, the, it's the top end of each market segment that's really suffering. So exactly. anything on the west side above $3 million is really soft. Anything on the east side above 1.75 uses for detached. And then downtown, the, the same thing holds true when you start to get to the higher price point. Yeah, over a million, it starts slowing down, a million, million five, exactly. Looking back over the last 12 months, the foreign buyer tax, you guys have had it now for right at almost exactly 12 months in Vancouver. What are sort of the top, you know, one or two learning points that you would, you would sort of take away from, from a year of experience with that tax on your market and, and how it affected things? Well, uh, one thing I would take away, I mean, is uh, it's really hard to predict what what the future holds. I mean, when we spoke to you uh, in February and, and when we were helping people by last fall, like November, I was just saying, you know, because we were speaking to you about Toronto, Andrew, and you were saying, oh, now's a great time to buy it. And if Toronto is anything like Vancouver, like you're absolutely correct. We were uh, helping people buy last fall when, you know, the market was soft across the board where we were still in that hangover phase. Uh, but nobody could have predicted the, that once spring hit 2017, the market just took off again. Um, and it turned out those people that, you know, pulled the trigger in November, December, like those were smoking deals. Um, they had tons of choice, a lot of inventory. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a fantastic time to buy. And, yeah, and I, I would say another thing that really rings true, and, I mean, this is um, not – I don't think this surprised Matt or I, but um, just how powerful the media is in, in, a, in a marketplace, right? And, I mean, how uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of negative media attention can really make people kind of pull back and sit on their hands and, and, and you know, create a waiting period. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So many people just taking the wait and see approach, but eventually they are going to jump in and uh, they, they tend to jump in all at the same time, don't they? Yeah. And, and especially if the demand is there, like that's one thing we've seen in Vancouver, there's the, the pent up demand that just became, uh, would you say more and more pent up over the course of the, the latter half of last year. And that's, what's been the key driver this spring. It's just like, overwhelming demand, very limited supply. And, uh, you know, that's the, uh, the fundamentals were still there. The market was still, would have been strong. I think that that policy just really, you know, it was like the punch in the nose. Mm -hmm. Uh, no, I'm just going to ask your opinion here, but Toronto, obviously we got the land, the foreign buyer tax now too. Toronto obviously is, is slowed down since the tax was introduced. Toronto is also seeing detached market slowing down much more than the condo market. In fact, condos are, are still basically a seller's market. Do you think, what's your opinion? Do you think that Toronto will follow this, a similar or the same path that Vancouver was on, or is it just, 
you know, impossible to, uh, to say because they're different markets. I, you know, I mean, it's, it's interesting what, you know, I guess another learning point that we've kind of taken away from this is that, um, location and lifestyle is important to people at the entry level of, of the market. And, you know, I, I think what we're going to see is, is detached and areas that, first of all, detached because of the price point, but also, you know, if you're not around a sky train or if you're not in the city center, like we've seen downtown Vancouver condos outperform almost everything. And, and the reason being is I think, you know, I think people want to invest in the city. People want to invest in vibrant areas and, also, there's this kind of lifestyle trend going on, at least in Vancouver, and I'm sure it's the same in Toronto, where millennials and, and young people are, are way more willing to, to raise families in condos, and also they want to be, you know, living in cities, and they're prepared to sacrifice space um, yeah. for lifestyle. And and not only millennial downsizers as well. Totally. Like that, that's a huge driving force of people moving down downtown into uh, downtown Vancouver. So, I mean, I guess the lesson would be, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Toronto condos in the downtown core and kind of the, kind of the happening areas uh, continue to hold value and to, and to do well. And, uh, you know, I think, I think the greater Toronto area where there's room for expansion will probably get hit the worst. Yeah, absolutely. Um, are you are you seeing? Did you like over here in Toronto? A lot of people are freaking out over the uh, the new uh, Bank of Canada raising the interest rates uh, a week or two ago. Again, saying you know this this is another reason why the sky is falling and things are you know the whole market's just going to crash or something like that. Um, that's a popular sort of feeling and sentiment on the street with uh, some people here um how did you how was the the how was the news taken on the street so to speak with with buyers and sellers in vancouver you know it's interesting um we've had a few deals fall apart that wouldn't have fallen apart you know earlier in the year where i I think it's more about i was speaking to a a mortgage broker where actually we were we had a mortgage broker on the on the podcast a couple weeks ago um, talking about how, you know, OSPI is auditing uh, banks a little bit more carefully and uh, obviously the, the rules and, um, and you know, easier loopholes are getting tightened up a bit yeah. um, where it, it's just a little bit more challenging for brokers to pass things that they could have typically passed. Um, so I guess, I, you know, that's a roundabout way of saying that financing is a bit trickier. But generally speaking, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a marginal increase, and, and it's also a sign that the Canadian economy is doing well, right? So, yeah, and I was just going to add here to Adam's point. I mean, the broker we had on pointed out, you know, it's 13 bucks on every 100000 year of your mortgage. Right. Um, it's not a huge change. It's, it's passed over in Vancouver, at least. I don't think it's really impacted the market at all. If anything, maybe people that had rate holds are, are buying. We're seeing a bit of a spike in activity of people that that have really great rates. Yeah. But it doesn't. The it, but there's no. It sounds actually like it's impacting Toronto in a way that it's not here. There's no real sky is falling uh, talk about the. I think, and like Adam said, it's it's less about the interest rate uh, hike and and more about the policy tightening. I think where people are just you know, having trouble getting the finance. Yeah. You see politics are more alarming, I think, for some people. <laughs> yeah, well, I would, uh, I think a lot of people would definitely agree with that in Ontario too. 
the politics are a lot more alarming than the uh, the actual interest rates. Um, guys, I know we're, you're running at a time, uh, and you've got uh, you got uh, I got to get going here. I really appreciate your time on the on the show today. If people want to get a hold of you, I'm sure we'll talk again. If people want to get a hold of you in the meantime, what's the best way for people to do that? You can uh, you can visit us at uh, VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. Um, that's where you can download our episodes and uh, you'll find our contact information there as well. Yeah, we're also on iTunes as well if you're interested in the show. And we have a we talk every week on Wednesday and we talk about the, the market here in Vancouver. So for sure. But thanks for having us, Andrew. Yeah, we, we really appreciate it. it. Awesome. Great. Thanks, guys. And we'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.